Chapter Ten of Eddie of Jackson's Gang by Brother Ernest Ryan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Ten, The Surprise. To no one did Father Ryan speak a word concerning the boy. He contented himself with telling his people that the bazaar would open on Tuesday afternoon, and that there was a big surprise awaiting them. Needless to say, there was much guessing as to just what these words meant. What do you think the surprise will be, Mrs. Rafferty? Surprise? What surprise? Haven't you been to Mass this morning? Sure, and don't you see me coming from the door this blessed moment? Mother doesn't hear well, piped up a little voice beside Mrs. Rafferty. Your pardon, then, ma'am. I'll be asking Mrs. Smith here. Mrs. Smith? Turning to another friend. What's the surprise father spoke about? Faith, and I don't know, Mrs. O'Day. I'm here asking Mrs. Mulqueen, but she's after telling me that she doesn't know a thing about it. She's going over to see the priest's housekeeper. She'll be knowing about it if anyone does. That's the first time Father Ryan has done a thing like this. Yes, it's the first time, to be sure, put in a masculine member of the group in front of the church. But there's a reason for it. And what's the reason, Mr. Fogarty, if I may ask? Sure, and there's no harm in asking, but you may not like the answer when you hear it. Well, I'll tell you later how I like it. So you will, rejoined Mr. Fogarty, slowly, deliberately keeping the woman in suspense. I think it's because he knows the best way to get people interested is to tell but half the case to the women. That's the way to get their curiosity aroused. And sure, a woman needs to have her curiosity satisfied, doesn't she? Faith, and are women the only ones who have curiosity? Flashed Mrs. Rafferty, her Irish spirit fully aroused. You will have to figure that one out for yourself. I'll be seeing you at the surprise party, shot back Fogarty, himself none too calm. And so the priest's secret remained a secret. Father Edward Ryan was an industrious and energetic priest. It was for that reason that he had been sent by his bishop into this little place where others had failed in bringing about desirable results. He had won his way into the hearts of his people, a thing absolutely necessary if lasting good is to be done. He now had them where he wanted them. They were beginning to realize how many duties they had been neglecting. Their old pastor had been too patient with them, and they had taken advantage of him. When Father Ryan had arrived, the entire place was in dire need of repair. He had gone ahead with the necessary arrangements and put the expense up to the parishioners. After all, it was their simple duty to keep up their church. They had responded with good will, and the forthcoming bazaar was evidence of this. On Monday morning, the ladies who were to manage the event were at the church bright and early. Booths of all kinds, paddle wheels, candy stands, fish ponds, everything that could be imagined was there. Late in the afternoon, Father Ryan appeared upon the scene and asked some of the busy workers to set up a little stage-like arrangement at one end of the hall. He explained that he wanted to give a talk at the bazaar and would have to be elevated above the crowd in order to be heard by all. The good priest's wish was carried out promptly as a matter of course, and even the friendly gossipers found nothing strange about his reverence having a platform. "'That's just the thing I want,' said Father Ryan by way of encouragement to the workers, Sure, my good people know how to fix me up when that is necessary. We're only too glad to help you, Father, was the answering chorus. This was very encouraging to Father Ryan, for it was the first time in the history of the parish 
that anything in the nature of a concerted effort by the parishioners had been undertaken. Tuesday morning the last of the preparations were completed, and early in the afternoon the children of the parish and their mothers, who in the evenings would have to remain at home with the smaller children in order to give their husbands an opportunity to attend, were crowding in. After giving them a chance to see all the articles which were on exhibition and to purchase whatever they wanted, Father Brian stepped up onto the platform and announced that a great singer would entertain them for a few minutes. The parish organist, who had been teaching Eddie a few new pieces, meanwhile, and had also rehearsed with him several that he had learned under the sister's care, took up a position at the piano. Then the little waif, a complete stranger to all but Father Ryan, ascended the platform. The crowd instantly fell silent. All their eyes were turned upon the lad. To allow his voice to make its full beginning effect, the accompanist did not play any introduction. Ave Maria, gratia plena. Eddie began, unaccompanied, then softly the piano chimed in with the singer. It was Gounod's famous musical setting of the Hail Mary. Eddie's clear notes sent a thrill through the audience. At one side stood the priest, eyeing his little friend intently. He thought that the sweet, appealing voice must indeed touch the heart of her in heaven to whom he was singing. Tears stood in many an eye, and some of the audience made no pretense in hiding them. Just like an angel, said someone half aloud. When the first song was over, Eddie bowed with simple courtesy to his listeners and began to descend the steps to go to his friend, the priest, but the applause and cries of the audience could not be disregarded. Father Ryan desired even more ardently than his parishioners to hear the child sing again, so as soon as he caught Eddie's eye, he gave him a sign to return to the platform. "'That kid can certainly sing!' shouted a lad of fifteen, and that brought another round of applause." Eddie did not feel pride or elation over his success. He was too much taken up with other thoughts for that. These last few days had been filled with strange events, and he wished there might be an end to his anxiety. For his second number, he sang the famous Irish song, Mother McCree, sending the audience into a frenzy of approval. "'Sing it again! Sing it again!' cried voices in the crowd, and soon the cry was taken up by everyone. Eddie looked to Father Ryan for direction. The priest nodded his head, and once more the house waited in silence. When Eddie had finished the song a second time, the applause was even greater than before. Then he proceeded to the other numbers which had been planned for the afternoon, and the crowd listened with unabated enthusiasm. It seemed that they would never tire of hearing this marvelous singer. At last, however, the little program was over. Father Ryan ascended the stage and told the people to return in the evening if they could, and to try to get as many others to come as possible for the young singer must soon leave them. It would be difficult to describe exactly the influence Eddie had on his listeners. Everyone spoke of him, and many tried their best to find out who he was. But the good pastor was cautious, and told no one about the circumstances of the youngster's strange appearance at his door, or the story he had later told the priest. "'Don't say anything to anyone about Jackson,' he instructed the boy. "'I don't think it well to mention him now.' "'You can trust me, father.' Eddie whispered as he made his way through the crowd. Sure, he's some of his reverence's relations, a well-known gossiper said, and this tale spread far and wide. 
By evening, Eddie's fame was known to everyone in the town. And to the great delight of the priest, the people, Catholic and non-Catholic alike, crowded into the hall. "'You'll have a bigger audience this evening than you had this afternoon, my boy,' he told Eddie. "'You know, you're being largely responsible for the success of the fair. Think how happy Jesus will be to live in our little church when we get it all fixed up. I have been waiting and praying for that a long time, and now my prayers are answered.' "'And you'll help me to find my friend tomorrow, Father?' asked Eddie. "'You know, he is going to keep me and send me to a real school. I have never had a chance to go to school with a lot of boys. There were only about twenty of us at Mount St. Joseph, and some were very little. I'd like to go to a place where they teach you how to play football. Ever since I first heard of Rockney, I've wanted to learn to play that game.' "'And I don't suppose they play football at Mount St. Joseph?' "'No. A few of the boys there knew a little about the game, but we never had a real chance to play it.' Well, I guess you would have to go to a boys' school for that. Yes, and that's just what I want. Boys should be in boys' school. They'd be better off. You're right, Eddie, returned the priest, but you just leave that to me. If it is at all possible, I'll see that you get to a real school. Soon it was time to go over to the hall again. For the second time that day, Father and Eddie were very warmly received by the people. I suppose he's Father's nephew someone said as the two passed through the crowd and made their way toward the platform. The good priest could hardly restrain a smile at this remark, but even if Eddie had been his nephew, Father Ryan could not have been more fond of him. Absolute silence fell on the assemblage as the pastor mounted the stage. In a few simple words, Father Ryan thanked the people for the help they were rendering him by their attendance at the bazaar, and then announced that his great singer would perform for them. As the little songster ascended the platform, a moment's burst of applause sounded through the hall, then everything was silent. All marveled that one so young should be so unconcerned about appearing before a crowd. This, perhaps, was because singing was almost as natural to Eddie as breathing. Many a time, even in his short life, he had been called upon to sing, and his childish simplicity knew no fear. Now he sang piece after piece for his admiring audience until his rather limited repertoire was nearly exhausted. Then came Home Sweet Home. What a climax! So true and sweet were the tones which rendered the touching old favorite that many in the hall cried openly. As for Father Ryan, he was wishing with all his heart that his dear little friend were safe in a home sweet home. Eddie's recollections concerning his home, dim though they were, had caused uneasy wonder in the mind of the pastor. He knew by the unmistakable candor and sincerity of the lad that there was nothing bad about him, but there was plainly some fraud in his case, though as yet Father Ryan could not get a clue to it. He would continue to pray to God for the help necessary to bring about the restoration of the child to his parents, if they were alive and could be found. It might be that they were dead, but for some reason Father Ryan could not make himself believe that. The good priest was not the only one who was petitioning the throne of mercy. Added to his prayer was one equally, if not more fervent, that of the boy's own mother. End of chapter 10 Recording by Maria Therese